Hello, welcome to the podcast of Brentwood Baptist Church. This is your host, Roger Severino, and this is kind of a bonus track to our normal Making Disciples Every Day, and it's honor of the uh, Immersion Conference that we have coming up at the end of February, and we are bringing back Dr. Jeff Wyma, whom I will introduce to you in just a second, but uh, many of you had, or some of you at least, had had a chance to hear Dr. Wyma when he was with us before a couple years ago, uh, and we talked about some very important issues about... Um, about some of the cultural issues like even same-sex marriage, same-sex activity, and looking at what the scriptures have to say about that uh, very poignant topic. Uh, And then also we talked about how to read the Bible for all it's worth and just how do we read, understand, interpret, uh, and apply the scriptures to our lives. So um, Dr. Jeff Wyman, thank you again for being with us, and uh, please introduce yourself to our people. Yeah, well, uh, thanks, uh, Roger, for uh, the invitation to come back to Brentwood Baptist. I enjoyed my time a lot the last time I was here, and I'm looking forward to uh, reconnecting, of course, not just with you, but with uh, my other uh, friends at, at your church. So um, uh, who am I? Well, um, I'm a Christian. I'm a dad, a grandpa. You know, I've been married for, let's see, 28 years. We have seven grandkids, so those family things are important to me. I'm a long-term teacher at Calvin Theological Seminary, been there about um, uh, 27 years or so. Um, uh, I also do a lot of things outside the classroom, though, and that's part of my reason, I guess, for coming to Brentwood Baptist. But before I get to that, I I lead a lot of biblical tours. I started off in Greece and then expanded it to Turkey and then to Italy with the Roman background of the New Testament and then finally Israel and Jordan. Um, I do uh, preaching seminars for pastors. So these are like intensive one or two day seminars and they're usually centered around a theme and I, I'm kind of promiscuous with my material and my notes. And uh, the idea is that pastors can kind of grab that information and then hit the ground running. They can, they can return to their congregation and turn it into a, into a sermon series. Uh, I do often get invited to speak on you know, issues. Sometimes they're controversial, sometimes they're of general interest. And uh, of course, uh, there's some writing. Uh, I focused uh, in my career on Paul and his letters and I've written uh, five books uh, related to him and his writings. But uh, maybe I'll have a chance to say something uh, about uh, the new book that I'm working on because it ties into the, the seminar, uh, the conference that we'll be having at the end of the month and that has to do with the book of Revelation or more particularly the so-called seven letters to the book of Revelation. So. That's uh, at least a, a general uh, introduction to who I am, and uh, I'll let you uh, ask the next question. Sure, absolutely. So just going to pick on some of those connections that you mentioned. So one of those was that you take those biblical tours, and that's how you and I first got to, to know each other. You were kind enough to allow me to jump in on a, a, a group tour that you were leading, kind of a Pauline tour of Greece. Uh, we hit just one spot in Turkey, uh, ancient Ephesus, but... Um, that was certainly a very meaningful uh, trip to me and getting to be in the footsteps of a lot of what's covered in the book of Acts, particularly chapters 16 through 19, just get, having, having those uh, areas come to life as you led that tour and as you added a uh, lot of material that was very helpful. Um, with, uh, in addition to being a Pauline scholar, uh, Dr. Wyman is also probably noted worldwide for being an expert uh, within that on, on the books of uh, Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians. And we had been to modern Thessaloniki in, um, in Greece. That was one of the, one of the stops that we, we made there. And um, during that time, I think I was reading one of your books of, about uh, 
about Paul the letter writer, which I found to be fascinating, particularly as we look at the introduction and the body and the conclusion and those, the Thanksgiving portion of those letters. And, and just, I found it to be a very helpful book in terms of uh, understanding some of Paul's writings. But let's go ahead and jump to, um, to our upcoming immersion. So we call it seven churches, seven sermons that the church needs to hear. And of course, that is based on Revelation 2 and 3. Um, why does this topic and passage interest you? Uh -huh. Well, um, uh, as you uh, already noted, uh, I spent most of my time focusing on Paul and his writings, but because of the tours to Turkey, especially Western Turkey, I found myself in the very seven cities that um, the book of Revelation was originally written to. And so uh, that kind of forced me to look more closely at those so-called letters. I say so-called because um, you will hear if you come to the seminar that I think they're better described as sermons than, uh, than letters. But in any case, that forced me to look at those uh, seven letters, seven sermons more closely. And uh, uh, well, that, that was quite fascinating. And maybe not surprisingly, just like understanding the geography and history of the ancient world makes you a better reader and understander of Paul's writings. That's surprising. Exactly the same thing is true for the writings of John in the book of Revelation, knowing the uh, history of the ancient Roman world, knowing the particular histories of those specific seven cities, knowing the geography, the archaeology. There are lots of ways in which understanding that stuff makes the biblical text come alive. And I suspect that uh, for many Christians, the book of Revelation is um, a bit daunting. You know, it's a bit of a mystery. And um, it, it really is sometimes reassuring to hear how, again, knowing the history and the archaeology and especially the Old Testament background, which is alluded to in those letters, really makes those documents understandable. And it's not really a close call. It's not like, oh, it could be this or it could be that. Uh, when you when you when you hear that information, it really makes the text come alive and you have a sense of confidence. Oh, this is what God through John was saying to the Christians, you know, in the first century in Asia Minor. And that gives you confidence then to think about how it's relevant for us for today. So it started off partly from tours and giving talks on the tours. And then I expanded it to, that is this material that I did the research on to pastors because uh, you know, pastors are always looking for sermon material. And so in my intensive preaching seminars, I would present a lot of this in PowerPoint fashion. So it'd be interesting, spell out the application for today and send them home so they could do a sermon series on this. And then, well, then I started thinking, well, I should preach on this too. And so actually I included in my repertoire of sermons. And, and then finally Baker Books came to me. And after writing a number of books for them, they said, you know, what do you want to do next? And, uh, I said, well, what about something on the seven letters or the seven sermons uh, to Revelation? And they jumped on that. And, and so I'm coming close to finishing this latest writing project uh, dealing with, uh, with this particular part of the Bible. So, so it's been, uh, that's like, it's kind of a backwards process. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you do the research and then you maybe tentatively write a book and then you preach or speak on it. I actually did it the reverse way. Uh, but I really feel like I've gotten a chance to spend time with this material. I've got good ownership of it, and I'm excited both in the book form that's coming out, but now in this, uh, this immersion seminar, you know, to share the fruits of my study with, uh, with those who will be coming out. Fantastic. As a person who worked in, in areas of like adult uh, discipleship and life groups and Sunday school classes and things like that, 
one of those things I, I hear often is, you know, hey, what do you want to study? The book of Revelation. There's, a, I think, a certain fascination that people have with that, a uh, certain interest. It, it piques their interest. And so I'm excited that we're able to um, deal, deal with that, that book in a way that I think people will, will find helpful. You've mentioned already the, uh, the importance of context. Of course, you know, all my, uh, a lot of my studies will, will always point to the importance of context, of both literary context, how, does, how do those two, uh, two chapters fit into within the book of Revelation, tell us a little bit about historical context, cultural context, and you hinted that those are some of the things that people will get to hear when they, uh, when they come to the uh, Immersion Conference. Is that correct? That's exactly right. So that's why I've got a lot of stuff on PowerPoint because, uh, well, people are more visually orientated. Um, I mean, some of the PowerPoint is just the data of the text, but there are a lot of images that come right from either the geography of the ancient sites, which I've been at many, many times, or I've tracked down archaeological either inscriptions or a picture of an altar or, you know, uh, reconstructions of things, you know, from the ancient world. So uh, I've thought hard about the kind of images that will make the text come alive and, uh, and I've done that with preaching too, uh, and so I'm I'm I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm 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 rather confident that those who come out for the Friday night and Saturday will uh, will not just enjoy visually, you know, what they see, but that those images will reinforce the teaching in such a way that they'll have confidence that they really understand again what what uh, what the Holy Spirit was saying to the churches, you know, not just the churches of Asia Minor of old, but then. Also, its implication for the church today. Okay, let's go there for just a second now. With you know, obviously, don't want to go into too much context content because we want people to come out and hear you, and, and plus, we don't have the time to go to get into the content. But but maybe you can give us a, a little little bit of a teaser in terms of um, uh, even your last phrase there about not only a message for the ancient church, but maybe. Uh, maybe a message for the church today. Can you at least give us a little teaser on maybe some of the themes that, that might be addressed? Well, I'm going to start off with a general comment, and then maybe I'll, I'll be more specific after that. So when I first thought of Revelation, so before I really dug more deeply into the book, I had this um, image, this stereotype image of Revelation that proved to be false. I, I thought, oh, this is a book written to persecuted Christians, so these are like good Jesus followers, and um, they're suffering for their faith, and so Jesus, through John, is trying to encourage him just to hang in there because, you know, one day he'll return triumphant, and their faith will be vindicated. That's at least what I thought the book was about. And actually, that made the book seem a little distant for me because I'm not persecuted, and the people I'm normally preaching to are not persecuted, at least those here in the United States and Canada. Of course, that changes around the world when I travel to other places, but Anyway, because of that, the book somehow didn't seem, frankly, very relevant. But then when I started looking more closely at the text, I came to the rather sobering conclusion that actually of the seven churches, it's clear that only two are healthy, and the majority, the five of them, are unhealthy. And in fact, they're structured in such a way that the unhealthy churches are kind of hidden, if you will, among the unhealthy ones. So that the clear emphasis is on the unhealthy state of the Christian church in Asia Minor. And, and when you go deeper, you see that some of their problems were the very same problems that we face today. Namely, Jesus followers who want to be Jesus followers, but who also want to uh, kind of fit into the culture uh, and society of their day. You know, uh, they, it, it's Jesus and... <laughs> 
whatever the world has to offer. And so there's a compromising taking place that makes them guilty of sins like idolatry. And, and, and Jesus, through John, rebukes those churches pretty strongly for them. Or there's also a complacency in one of the congregation that Jesus says is not just bad, it's downright deadly. And so um, for me, you know, this not only was a more accurate understanding of the text, but it also made the text extremely relevant for the Western contemporary church today, because those are, are, are a lot of the key problems that, uh, that, that Christians face uh, here in North America. So, so in that sense, you know, I was kind of excited about not only learning about the text, but really highlighting for people how relevant this is for the church today. Now, it's not all gloom and doom. There are also two healthy churches. And in our presentation, we can't cover all seven churches. We're going to do five. Uh, but people won't lose too much because there are two healthy churches, as I said, and we'll cover one of the healthy church, and that gives you a model for the second one. And one of the unhealthy churches has to do with the problem of idolatrous compromise. That's the third uh, sermon or the third letter to Pergamum. And the very same problem is addressed in Thyatira. So the two that we're omitting, right, we're covering the theme in other letters, and I'm also hoping to provide the PowerPoint notes for the two missing letters in addition to the five that we're covering. So just to finish out, we'll also look at, at the one healthy church. We'll look at Smyrna, and that's important too because there are many Christians around the world, and, and uh, I know that, that you, Roger, have traveled you know, to these countries, and uh, you, 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 know, you can see how for, for these people who are being oppressed for no other reason that they proclaim the name of Jesus, these messages are very important too. And so even though the, the one of the five we'll look at has to do with the persecuted church, it's really important for us today to one, be reminded of the suffering brothers and sisters around the world we have, right? And it also is kind of a challenge for us to examine now, are we willing to suffer for our faith? And, and if we are, then Jesus has some important commendatory words, you know, for, for not only our persecuted brothers and sisters, but also for us who are willing to, uh, yeah. to kind of boldly bear the name of Christ, even though we increasingly live in a hostile culture, which is, uh, which is opposed to that. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fa fantastic conference. I'm, I'm ex excited about it. I think, um, speaking to you, speaking to someone who has, uh, uh, have the, the credentials that you have, plus being at the locations of these seven churches in modern day Turkey, looking back at some of the archeology span and some of the other things, I think will be such a rich time. And I'm, I'm personally looking forward to it. I'm, I know that many of our uh, folks who come will, will get a lot out of it. Um, so anyway, just uh, very, very excited about that, that upcoming conference. That's going to be on February 28th and 29th in Hudson Hall. And those of you who are part of the ba uh, Brentwood Baptist family, please know that that's on our website. Uh, you'll be seeing emails going out about that. Uh, if you have any questions about any of that, please don't hesitate to call me, Roger Severino, at the church office. You can call our, our regular number, 615-324-6100, and I could answer any questions you have. But Dr. Wyman, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, today, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you very soon. Well, thanks again for the invitation, and I'm excited to uh, spend time with you and others exploring this rich part of God's Word. Thank you so much, and we hope to see many of you on that event uh, here at the end of February. Thank you, and God bless.